If you hear this message, but not your own voice, then something is wrong with your audio recording settings. That does it. Okay, this is episode 100 of Various Breads and Butters. For all the Romans out there, that's C, episode C of Various Breads and Butters. I am Simon Portmantona. With me, as always, is Ben Prickhouse Cohen. Um, out in the studio, I, I actually don't know who we've got out there right now. I know uh, uh, Ben Gordon is out there, one of our one of our new interns. I don't have a uh, uh, name for you yet, a nickname. Um, Ben, you out there? Yes. Okay. Uh, we've got Jazz Simon out there. Jasmine, are you out there? Yep. Okay. Uh, we've got Andy. What is what is Andy Mitchell? Mitchell? Yeah. Andy Mitchell is out there. Even even newer intern. I know. The newest. We can't hear, her, but she's out there. She's out there. I, and is that is that all the interns we've got? Someone muted my microphone. Oh, oh she's muted. back. Okay, she's back. I mean, and we want to thank Thomas Tutal Will, uh, Williams uh for uh for setting up for producing today. all this stuff yes and michelle's stead okay episode um, 100 episode 100 uh our, our very special guest we're gonna go all the way back to episode 44 when uh which when is we, our first guest uh, after the lost episode exactly and and looking at the ratings we saw that no no one actually listened to that episode so including we're gonna, our guest yes we're gonna give it another shot today with my friend for geez it's been about 15 years maybe more uh, Christopher Riddle, Esquire, in Chicago, Illinois. Chris, are you there? I'm here, and I'd like to just, for the record, let you know that my my grandma did listen to that episode, and she was deeply proud. Oh, good, good. Okay. So, as we mentioned, you're in Chicago. We established that on I episode almost, 44. I almost met him once last year. Ben almost met him once. Yeah, I tried to set a try to set a lunch date up with you guys. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. Okay, now, now we didn't talk about a lot about your your professional life, but tell us. Um, you've you've grew up in Chicago, right? Well, you grew up. That's in Har- true. I in, grew up here in Harvey, Illinois, right? That's right. Do that they neighborhood still call it Chicago suburb land? just south. Do they still call it Chicago Land? Yeah, the whole area, okay. Chicago Land. That's right. All right. You uh, you grew up there, but then you moved around. So, so tell us a little bit about where you uh, where you where you bumped around to. I lived in New York mm-hmm. um, City, New York yeah, land. for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Is that what they call it? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they do. I lived in New York Land for a little while, then. Moved down to um, North Carolina. Say it, say it with me. North Carolina land. Yeah. In in Durham, mm-hmm. where I met Simon Tonov. Mm-hmm. I was there for a few years. Found my way back to Chicago. Point of order, though, he was not American at the time. No. Yeah. This is so. So for the all the listeners out there who care, which is very few, um, I am now an American citizen. So eat it. Uh, yeah. We <laughs> eat it, haters. Our, our diversity in terms of international uh, has gone down. Did um, you lose your quite, Canadian citizenship? Quite a bit. Well, I mean, I mean, an Amer- American citizen now. So now there are two Americans that are hosting the show, yeah, as opposed to one. So it used to be fifty percent American, fifty con- percent American content, fifty percent Canadian content. But enough of that. So um, Durham, yes, Durham, Chicago, Chris. New York, Durham. Yes. So, so Chris, what did you do in New York? In New York, yeah. I uh, I finished going to school. I graduated from CUNY. Oh, where did you start going to school? DePaul mm. University in Chicago. Yes, and 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 so did you just transfer to 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 CUNY? Yeah. 
Okay, and what yeah. and what was your what was your major? Political science, mm. and that was it. Political science. Just political science. Wow. What is that? Is that a common path from from DePaul to CUNY? I th- no, I think I'm probably the only person. Did you just want to live in New York, or did you want to go to that school? No, I moved there with a girl. Oh, and then you got into school. I had to finish. Yeah, it was time to finish my degree, so I finished it. I finished when I was 25 years old. But you worked in in local politics there, didn't you? I did. I worked for the um, general council uh, for the city council in New York. And what did you do there? He was the general council. Uh, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he was work for him. I just follow. I followed the, the general council of the city council around and did little research projects. Oh, that's cool. Chris, when you <laughs> moved down to Durham, you 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 did a number of jobs at Duke University, didn't you? Um, I did, yeah, I think maybe three. There, now, I, I recall that there was an opportunity for you to be the president's butler, and you turned that down. <laughs> of that's, Duke that's or the United true. States? At Duke. Oh, no, Duke, Duke University. I was approached mm-hmm. to be street. his butler. This was maybe six months prior to the lacrosse scandal. Mm-hmm. Had I known that was going to occur, yeah. I would have had a ringside seat. I'd be collecting royalties from a book right now. <laughs> that's right. So that's that. So I think guess that teaches you never turn down a buttling job. Buttling? I think that's the verb. To, I don't to butt. Back this up. Back Buttle? this up. Wait. Yeah. You were approached in what manner? Like at a bar on the street? <laughs> somebody email you? What does that mean? In I the was, halls. In the halls of the university. What is a butler? Like a? It's just like a regular butt. Like what? So what were you doing um, at the time? Were you working in, in the in the graduate school at Duke? At the time, I was working for the graduate school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Simon, you're making this seem like it's just uh, there's a one-to-one thing. Here, I was in Durham, and then the president asked me to be his butler. Oh. I'm working for the graduate school at the time. The year is 2005, maybe. We, uh, we prefer our guests to say, <clears throat> so there I was. So there I was in the graduate school. Year, perhaps 2005. I'm working for the graduate school itself when another prominent ranking member of the graduate school brass approaches me in the hallway, pulls me aside, asks me if I'd be interested in a career in buttling. Does, does that career have a lot of advancement opportunity? Like, I do don't you, think so. Do you buttle from the president to, the, like, to a better school or do you go from college to the state house? Do you, get, do you work your way to D.C.? Do a lot of people buttle at, for the president of a community college for a couple of years and then transfer? I think where you start is where, where you kind of event i don't think there's any advancement i was informed that there was a opening at the president's house being the house manager did you find out what happened to the prior house manager was there an incident no in fact i, re- I recall looking into it but i could not find any of the details i'm not implying that anything untoward occurred Foul play. But this was 2005 maybe do you have to wear a tuxedo for that don't don't butlers have a uniform yeah i think probably i, mean, I know I'm there's thinking anthony involved. hopkins right is that my main like a so. Merchant and Ivory movie, Anthony Hopkins, Butler. Mm-hmm. It's Remains very, of the day. It's very British, right? It is pretty British, I think. And so we're what we're saying here on the I, this is kind of a scoop. We are neither confirming nor denying foul play with respect to the president's Butler at Duke University, circa two thousand five. Is that is that correct, Chris? Correct that we're neither confirming nor denying. Yeah, yeah. Presence yeah so of we've foul made play. zero headway on this issue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep. I'll confirm that. <laughs> You'll confirm that we're neither confirming nor, confirming nor denying foul play. Good, good. And he's a lawyer, so he knows. Yeah. Um, w- once again, it's our 100th episode, and uh, we are really struggling. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Chris, after after Durham, you, you decided to uh, go to law school. Is that correct? In Chicago. In Chicago, no less. 
That's true. Which I, which school? DePaul. DePaul. Back yes. to DePaul. <laughs> what took your interest in, in, in law specifically? Right. You wanted to be a lawyer because <laughs> of which which was your main T V show reference that led you to this? Knowing Simon, I'm assuming um, that's the direction he's going with this. It was probably Barry Zuckercorn from Arrested Development. Right. <laughs> Simon, you missed a chance for, to say, I, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I want to see where this is going. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to try to say that a lot. Okay. Not blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, I guess maybe he comes close. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yeah, and his love log. Yeah. Now, 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 once you were in school there, I mean, I, I know you don't specialize necessarily. You, like, you have to be sort of a generalist, right? The schooling is is set up that way. Mm-hmm. There isn't, you can't get too specialized when you're in schooling, I, you know. Now, are those billable hours? No, none of it. In fact, my work doesn't involve anything like that. No billable hours. Really? Yeah. That's the one thing that I know about lawyering. So then, Chris, after you graduated, I think you, you got a job right away, right? I did. I started working uh, my first year of law school and worked the whole time I was in school and then stayed on at the place where I work. And what is that place? It's called Clifford Law Offices. They're very uh, big in terms of personal injury, are they not? Oh, do you have a billboard? That's what we do. That's what you do? No, you know, there aren't any billboards, though. We don't really have any billboards. Now, what what kind of uh, law do you practice now, Chris? Well, we do injury stuff, mm-hmm. you know, transportation-related mm-hmm. uh, injury, medical malpractice injuries. I do... Um, class action things mm-hmm. uh, at our office, consumer class action cases. So those are those are kind of those cases where a whole group of people are in, a, in some type of consumer setting or injured by a product manufacturer or some type of food manufacturer or something like that. You had mentioned forced arbitration is something that you're that you know quite a bit about. And right now there's something going on in Washington that makes forced arbitration uh, what, more or less likely? What's going on there? Makes it more likely. Mm-hmm. And uh, But what is forced I, arbitration? It's bad for the consumer. What it is is it's something that prevents a consumer from taking his case to court, from resolving his injury in court. Mm-hmm. There's a, a kind of a separate setup, a, a different type of legal system, an arbitration system that consumers are forced to run their problems through. They're forced. And yeah, forced. So it happens. In fact, when I was downloading Skype earlier, uh, under the terms and conditions, the first line at the top, bold, large letters, please be sure to see section, I think it was 16 or something, regarding our class action waivers and forced arbitration. So it's something that impacts every single person every single day. And what you're doing is agreeing uh, to waive your right to sue in court. Your right to sue in court is something that's protected by the Constitution, the Sixth and Seventh Amendments. So it's kind of a huge deal, but it's always under the radar. So if this episode sucks, we can't sue Skype. Can't, right. Is there something going on in D.C. right now that is making forced arbitration more likely? What is happening there? It's been happening since, you know, say the last decade. Mm -hmm. Just recently, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau had in place a rule that has been worked on for the last, you know, X amount of years. It was, it was, it was a rule preventing credit card issuers, financial institutions from uh, banning class action waivers, arbitration waivers mm-hmm. in their contracts. So, like this, this whole uh, Experian 
a situation, data leak and stuff Equifax? like that. Equifax, sorry, not Experian. Experian's a great company, apparently. Not Equifax, though. Um, Don't worry, this is a Skype call, so they can't sue us. They can't. Is, that, is there a rule that, that, that prevents a class action on that? I haven't looked at it specifically, mm-hmm. but I do know this. I know that on their website, when the, everybody was being redirected mm-hmm. um, to the website to whatever, try to fix and check whether you're one of the people whose name was on the list, by virtue of using that site, you were uh, agreeing to a uh, class action waiver. Mm. So is it, uh, Chris, my main reference point here, I don't know if this is forced arbitration or just class action suits, is when Navin Johnson had a class action suit against him for the OptiGrab in uh, 1977. It always comes back to that, to the <laughs> jerk. Uh, he had to personally write a check for $1.09 to each person in that class action. Does that sound legit? Does that play? I, I like, without knowing any of the details of it, it sounds fascinating. Okay. Good. Who? Wait, who's the guy? Uh, this is from The Jerk, uh, starring Steve Martin. Ah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Opti for um, yeah, no. eyes and grab for where you grab it. It's OptiGrab uh, glasses. We spend <laughs> the, the whole... a, a lot of time, I think, just reviewing uh, many passages on that. But, you know, he, he, he fixed a guy's glasses at the gas station. That's where he was getting shot out after he got his, his name in the phone book. This is the uh, part of the show where I thought, describes uh, a movie. I thought they were mad at the oil cans. Well, he did hate these cans. This is the part of the show where Ben and Chris describe a movie. <laughs> right. Scene Simon, by scene. Simon <laughs> has long, long asked me to, to devote extensive uh, airtime to describing scenes in movies. Do you, do you want to just get it over with and, and describe the, the jerk? The whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why don't, why, don't we, why don't we do that? Okay, so opening <laughs> scene. I was born a poor black child. Okay. And then, and we'll keep, keep going. <laughs> right. Then he uh, he's hitchhiking to uh, to the city. Okay. And uh, the guy says he's he's going to the end of this fence, and he says that's good enough for me. Yeah. He gets right to the end of the fence, and then uh, he keeps hitchhiking. Okay. Then he gets a job at the at the gas station. Uh-huh. That's before the the can uh, shooting incident, which uh-huh. which occurred because his name had appeared in print, mm-hmm. which is a quote I made on on Twitter recently that nobody appreciated for me. No. Nope. But I I was happy. Yeah. It's a kind of publicity like that that <laughs> makes a man your name in print. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have, I don't know which episode it was, where we talked about the best part of that scene being the follow-up when he escapes and drives into the carnival. Mm-hmm. And then the guy doesn't follow him because no carnival, carnival personnel only. Okay. dating the girl and she and then he meets somebody else who's going to be a cosmetologist and then he says that must be great I don't know how you handle weightlessness and then they fall in love and then he's uh, then Marie leaves him and then she finds her and, uh, so then you know he meets up with Marie again he finds her she's working in a mall uh, doing facelifts or, or applying makeup live in a mansion and they've got it all everything's wonderful you get sued in a class action suit because the OptiGrab causes causes people to be cross-eyed okay this is where this comes in yeah sure sure, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's when you see him resentfully writing out checks personally for one dollar and nine cents Then he had been sending money back to his family, and uh, they, they became rich on all the money he had sent them, so he was saved in the end. Mm-hmm. That You know, I I thought 45 minutes ago when you started that, it would be super boring, but after after you just described that movie, I, I want more of that. I want you to describe more movies. I feel like I've landed all the jokes well. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was great, and I, right. thought, I thought that everybody here, you know, like I said, 45 minutes. Didn't seem like a didn't seem like a, a stretch, but that that was really good. 
Chris, Chris, total sorry. waste of time. How did you find that? I'm, I just stepped back from the shower. What, what was going on? <laughs> did I miss anything? No, no, you're good. No, so Chris, we were asking about uh, legal cliches. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, pointing out that he's writing out a check for a dollar and nine cents. It seems like, from the consumer's perspective, they they were barely wronged. <laughs> but when he's using the, selling those OptiGrabs all over the country, he's making millions of dollars on this. Yep. There's no way for consumers to band together to right the wrong, but for the class action mechanism. And this I is... think that's one of the that was one of the most important takeaways from that movie. Also, the importance of saving because he sent his family money, right. and in the end, no, he we, was okay. Yeah, these... no, no. Ben, ben went over the movie because <laughs> you don't need to repeat well, it. In the shower. Yeah. <laughs> but this is and this is what's happening in DC now. This is all under threat. Yeah. In fact, you know, like during the rulemaking process, where all types of uh, interested advocacy groups write in and give comments the the writer director producer and cast of the jerk i think committed a a pretty compelling comment to in favor of the consumer financial protection bureau's rule we saw i saw a gentleman give a talk here on campus a couple months ago i don't know if anybody in the studio happened to see it It was on data science Mm -hmm. and it was a a professor at princeton who uh, i think he's a neuroscientist but he was doing a lot of legal uh, analysis statistical work and they had written an amicus brief to a case that is we still don't know the ruling on of uh, what was this case? It was the gerrymandering case. Mm-hmm. Or I, as I learned officially, it's it, gerrymandering is the correct way to say it because it was named after Governor Gary. Um, one time Reagan said it that way and everybody picked on him, but he was right. And I only learned this after the talk. The point being, Simon, you're always going on at length when this could be a lot quicker. The point being that in their amicus brief to the court, they very, very specifically targeted um, uh, Justice Kennedy's interests because they know he's the only one that matters on this. They already knew all the other eight votes. And they put in specific film references and specific cultural references with the awareness that, that w- they would grab his, his eye, that he would, he would be intrigued by those specific cultural references. So I don't know if the jerk was one of them. Mm-hmm. It should have been. I think we have to assume it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm not too far off. Well, we can ask Sam Wang, who was the person that you're describing. Oh, he's right. Sam Wang. Mm -hmm. I think that was very interesting because now I'm going to, with credit, talk about gerrymandering. And do you know uh, where the term comes from? Or effect? I can feel like a fact checker is going to jump in here. What about a... No, scoop this. Get this scoop. Interns are scooping. I'm going to scoop it. There was a a graphic uh, cartoon made from... This was in Boston in the early 1800s in the the political... um, response to it was to draw a cartoon of a, of a salamander kind of snaking around the city of Boston. Mm-hmm. And then they, they wrote that it wasn't a salamander, it was a gerrymander. Wait, this was in 1812. Know. Did we get off topic? I think we did. Now, now, Chris, you were, as we, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you were on the show early on before we had certain types of segments. But now that you're back and we have segments. Chris, are you ready to do a 10, 20, 30 question? Oh, yeah, I'm involved with these. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. Chris, when you were 10, we were wondering what your favorite music was. When you were 20, we wonder how that changed. And when you were 30, we wonder, again, how it triply changed. Happens three times. Um, I'm going to say we've got three questions for you. Chris, when you were 10, what was your favorite music? Can you isolate a band, an album, a CD? I can. Go go for it. I think Agent Orange, uh, Living in Darkness, that was my favorite record at, at that time. Ten? Is that a t- is that a 10-year-old album? My, I have a brother that's five years older than me, yeah, so that's, that's right. like a 15-year-old's album at that time. Man. So what's that sound like? 1987. So you weren't listening to Bon Jovi in 1987 like everybody else in America? I wasn't. All right. Well, we... I remember, I remember that, that age. 
better than I do 20. Were you at DePaul or CUNY at 20? 20, I was at uh, DePaul. All right, so what's happening musically then? The Grateful Dead. Thank you. Did, now, now, did you go from Grateful Dead to Fish at any point? Uh, I did reluctantly. So were you going to shows or were you like listening to bootlegs or what was happening? Both, all, all of the above. Now, now I guess I guess now now that I'm thinking of it, Chris, I I missed you turning. Tw- I missed living in the same place when you turned 20 and when you turned 30, because um, you turned 30 in 2007. I'm understanding. I guess that's right. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. so what were you listening to at 30 when I was not in the same city as you? 2007. Mm-hmm. Oh man, definitely like Arcade Fire and New Pornographers. Of course, not Canadian stuff because you missed me. 2007. As you're thinking about that. Um, I wanted to get the the interns to answer at least the first two of these. I have a fact check. I want to hear. Oh, you got a fact check. Wait a second. Whoa, whoa. Everybody stop the presses. What's what's your fact check, Ben? Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. Was was Living in Darkness, the album, out in 87? 1981. Oh, wow. so definitely so out. It, was okay. it was a golden oldie. This is The Voice was it 1986. And Virtually Indestructible was 1996. So 1986 seems like the... Uh, Yep, because you had two options that year. It was either that or We Are the World. I think you, I think you went the oh, right way. Man. Now you're gonna have to fact check if that was 1986. I think it was. Uh, anyways, you... um, I I need to know what the interns' uh, favorite music was when they were ten. Let's go around the room. Jazz, probably ja- Jazz Nina Simone. That could be your that could be your nickname. What grade was I in when I was a ten? Fourth, probably. Fourth. Um, I remember being really into Alicia Keys. I had like her albums and then I learned to play piano because of her. So I'm going to go with Alicia Keys. That works. And I'm not 20 yet. Oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so rub that in. <laughs> Side note, Alicia Keys went to my elementary school. PS 116. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. The fighting 116ers. Um, <laughs> Does she come back? <laughs> no. Oh. Ben, who, 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 what were you listening to at age 10? 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lewis. Mm, Jeffrey Lewis is more of a 15. Well, and now. Okay. Because it's not now. it's not that long ago that you <laughs> no. were 15. <laughs> no. Well, now I'm at the, I have the 20. I can say 20. Okay. Well, what, what, what were you at 10? At 10, I was probably uh, Coldplay and the White Stripes. Okay. And 20? Um, now? What, what did you listen to when, before you got here? <laughs> you had this afternoon? Yeah. This afternoon, I was uh, I was listening. I was practicing for my uh, jazz combo concert. Ooh! So I was listening to um, some Art Blakey. Is that how you pronounce it, Art Blakey? Yeah. Okay. What did you think, drummer? Art Block Blocky? Yeah. Blockelli? Yeah. And uh, and Andy, what were, what, what were, you, were you 20 yet, Andy? I'm 22. Nice. Um, what were you listening to at 10 and 20? <laughs> um, at 10. I really liked um, Avril Lavigne when, when she was, like, really angry. I was a really angsty 10-year-old. Like, I always had black fingernails and stuff like that. And Com- Green Day. Complicated. So. What about age 20? Uh, probably just a lot of a lot of hip-hop and rap music. But mm-hmm. on the other side, like, a lot of, um, like, Bonnie Iver of Monsters and Men. Mm-hmm. So really spans a wider range. It does. I appreciate that. Are you you're not, are you happy that she pronounced that right? Yeah. Did you think it was Bone Iver? No, Bonnie Bear. As as always as it's always been. Bonnie Bear? Yeah, Bonnie Bear. <laughs> <laughs> um now um Andy, when you were ten, who what was your favorite who was your favorite comedian and how did that change to when you were twenty? 
I don't think I had any Andy favorite is a, comedians she's when a, I was 10. She's a comedian aficionado. Mm. I try. Um, yeah. Who, who was it at 20? I don't know. It's pretty recent. So 20 TV comedians like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, people who wrote TV shows that I liked. Wait, now Chris, do, oh, who who are who are your uh, who are your comics uh, that you that you enjoy? I remember when I was like I think I wasn't not when I was 10, but I think like 11 and 12. I remember going to sleep with my Walkman at night, listening to George Carlin, mm. like two George Carlin tapes I had over and over. Yeah. Yeah, I did that with Stephen Wright. I guess when I was growing up about that age, there was something on uh, one of the radio stations called the Sunday Night Funnies. And uh, they would just play just a grouping of people from different times. And I would listen to those every Sunday with my Walkman in bed. That was that was a lot of fun. Interns, do you know what a Walkman is? <laughs> I had a... I had the U2 album, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb on Walkman. No, on Walkman. Wait, what does that even mean to you? On CD. On, C- on CD. No. <laughs> that's, that's a Discman. Yeah, it's a Discman. Walkman is a tape. Uh, you need a cassette. You can't walk with those. They'll skip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'd be very still. <laughs> um, do you want to do a quiz? <laughs> yeah, let's do a quiz. Chris, you ready for a quiz? Uh, yeah. That's another thing that we do. Interns, are you ready for a quiz? Yes. All right. Well, we have a, a quiz, a special quiz, episode 100. Mm. In honor and devotion to our, our fans, we have a variation on one of our most beloved themes. This quiz is Dead or Chicagoan. Oh, people love that theme. <laughs> it's one of the best. Yes. So it's the so answer is uh, you have to say, is this uh, thing either dead or from the Chicagoland area? And sometimes it's neither <laughs> sometimes or both. it's both. Yeah. So you have four options, but yep. officially it's dead or Chicagoan. Dead or Chicagoan. Uh, for Mike's benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do the test one on the mic. Is everybody here, ready to go? Everybody good? Here. Okay. Yep. Let's do this. That was only two people. Oh. Oh, I'm ready. Uh, first one, Simon, Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field. That is Chicago. How can it be dead? <laughs> oh, God. That's Chicago. They could have demolished it. It starts, it it starts terribly. Okay, what do we think, interns? Dead or Chicagoan? Chicagoan. Chicagoan. Chicago. Chris? <laughs> Chicago? Did we lose Thomas? No, I, Thomas is not out there anymore. Oh, I didn't know he We left. lost him a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now everybody knows how it works. Yep. All right. That was the tester one. Okay. Number two, hockey great, Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. Dead or Chicagoan? Dead or Chicagoan? Um, I'm going to go with dead, unfortunately. What do we think, interns? I mean, I mean, or not. I don't know. Interns? I, th- I think he just died. Or, or Last not. Last year. Maybe or he not. did. Or maybe he's from Chicago. Yeah. I'll yeah. just go with dead because I feel like Simon knows hockey better than I do. Damn it. Mm. I always I always give up. You, always, you, you have to have you go last. Yeah, I give up the answers. Jazz? You know, that's some pretty good logic. I'm going to go with dead. Great. <laughs> Chris, what do we think? I'm going to go with uh, dead and not Chicagoan. Mm. Nope. He's dead and Canadian. Yes, he is. <laughs> now, how about, and this is actually sad to ask, but um, oh, no. friend of the show, past guest John Warner. Friend of the show, Pascas John Warner. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chicagoan interns. Dead. Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. Chicagoan. Hopefully not dead. Chris. I'm gonna go with neither. Mm. Oh, he's Chicagoan. He's Chicagoan, Chris. Uh. If this was that was a test for the fans who've listened to the show. He's alive, guys. Hey, John. Yeah, remember he went to the high school that they filmed all the uh, John Hughes movies in. Mm-hmm. That's his claim oh to fame. Goodness. Yep. The he's only claim. Chicago, and I don't know which part of Chicago that is. Chicago land area. Uh, all right, how about Mike Ditka? Mike Ditka. I don't, I mean, 
I'm going to go with Chicagoan, but I don't know if that's where he's from. <laughs> but I'm going to go Mike Chicagoan. Ditka. Mike Ditka, Chicagoan. Ben, what do we think? Um, he he was a Chicago mm-hmm. football, and he is he has uh, been in the news saying some things about the protesting football players, mm-hmm. which make me think he's not dead. Okay, um, interesting. Interesting logic. I don't there. know it if he's been, living in the same world. As could have been else, comments but. from his estate, the estate of Mike oh, Ditka. Oh. It's possible. Andy, what do we think? Mike Ditka. <laughs> yeah, no idea who that is, but okay. I'll go with Ben and say from Chicago. Okay, and Jazz, what do we think? I also don't know where he is, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with dead. Okay, ooh, Chris. <laughs> Chris, Mike Ditka. <laughs> I'm going to go with the coach. He's a Chicagoan. Uh, neither. No. See, I thought maybe. <laughs> oh. Where is he from? I should know, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so this is the this is the, Chris. Um, he's from Pen- not, he's from Pennsylvania. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I think he is, but but there but you didn't do the research to find out for sure. <laughs> I think he's from Pennsylvania. Now we're gonna need an intern to check whether where Mike Ditka's from. <laughs> All right, you ready for the next one? Yeah. Ferris wheels. Ferris wheels. Well, Ferris Bueller is from Chicago. Are but Ferris, Ferris wheels, wheels? Are they dead or Chicagoan? Was uh, the last time you saw one? Oh, I don't. I don't think they're dead. Again, what, like Wrigley Field, I don't think that the idea of death is relevant to a Ferris wheel. Um, so I'm going to say Chicagoan. Ben, what do we think? Mike Ditka is uh, from <laughs> Carnegie, Pennsylvania. Car- oh, he is from Pennsylvania. <laughs> and Ferris wheels are dead. Ferris wheels are dead. <laughs> okay, that's Andy. What do we think about Ferris wheels? Alive, dead, or Chicagoan? Yeah, I feel like they started at like the World's Fair in Chicago. So. Mm. Oh, and when was that? Interesting. Oh, I don't know. Jeez, half half data. Okay, <laughs> Jazz. Ferris wheels. Mm-hmm. Like the thing. The thing, yeah, yep, the thing. That, <laughs> also confused by that. <laughs> I say Chicagoan. Okay. I guess they have like a beach. They, they do. <laughs> they do. Ferris wheels. You get a big are. coastline there. Chris, Ferris wheels, dead or Chicagoan? I'm gonna go with Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. It's true. Andy was right. It was 1893. 1893. So up until the that time, Columbian Exposition, there had never been a Ferris wheel. The <laughs> idea of just a just a uh, circle you? that goes around never come up. People didn't ride on a wheel. It's just like my uh, we didn't talk about earlier. I still can't believe there was a time before the high five. Oh yeah, like that 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 had to be invented. Like that blows my mind that it's just not universal eternal. I mean, at, at what point do you think the high five just comes into being? 1977 really yeah man but the year that chris riddle was born was born right and the ferris wheel was born in 1893 Mm -hmm. there was no ferris wheel before then that's amazing and it was born in chicago there you go all right how about hillary clinton hillary clinton i seem to recall well I'm, i'm pretty sure she's not dead i seem to recall that her family's from pennsylvania though so i'm gonna say you can give us a neither I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say neither, or neither. Neither or neither. I'm American now. Which do? What do you? What do you guys say? You go either way. Okay. Uh, what do we think? Depends uh, ben. on context. Okay. Ben. I'm gonna say. Um, well, I guess Bill Clinton was Arkansas. He was governor of Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. And from there. And Hillary Clinton is is definitely not dead. That you know of. Mm, I mean, she did have that fall. Yeah. And Donna Brazil did. Consider replacing her with Joe Biden. Now you're getting you're getting the news on here now, right? Which makes me think that she news is in fact dead. She is in fact dead. Okay, yeah. so you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna go that way. She was shocked by her own private email server. Uh, what, uh, Andy? What do you think? Dead or Chicagoan? 
Chicagoan out of those two options. Okay. Um, then rookie mistake. Jazz, what do you think? <laughs> we actually have four options. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I remember reading that she was born in Chicago. Oh, interesting. Chris, so, do you know if she was born in Chicago? She's a Chicagoan and she's alive. She is. She's Chicago. Wow. That's just a straightforward question. You have two options, dead or Chicagoan. Chris, did you know? She's Chicagoan. Did you absolutely know she was born in Chicago? Or were you just guessing? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, she is. Okay. Got it. Right. She, like, went to high school around here, and that's a legitimate Man. answer. Okay. That, that, See? It's a, it's a legitimate quiz. That's asked, a legitimate answer. Asked and answered. Who's Sorry, keeping, counselor. Who's, who's keeping score? I think Chris is winning. Wow. Okay. Uh, how about uh, legendary golfer Arnold Palmer? Arnold Palmer. Legendary golfer Ooh. Arnold Palmer. Named after a drink of Mixing iced tea and, and lemonade. lemonade. <laughs> Parents <laughs> loved it so much, they named their kid. I'm going to say dead. What do you think, Ben? I'm going to go with dead. Okay. Andy? Also dead. Jazz? Yeah, I actually had to write a paper about his passing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> now, did you get an F on it because he's still alive? No. Interesting. Why would You're you have to write lying. a paper on that? Wait, yeah. then who was the? He was a golfer. Or am I thinking of someone else? Entirely? Maybe, maybe he is a golfer. Yeah, you're thinking There's of no Jack way. Nicholas. Maybe he's not. No, Jack Nicholas is alive. Chris, what do we think? Arnold Palmer, dead or Chicago? I'm gonna. I'll also go with dead. Mm-hmm. He he has passed away. We've lost him. No, where, where, where is he from? <laughs> he's from uh, Western PA. Oh, interesting. Latrobe. Oh, interesting. That's where they make beer. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right, I have a couple more. Mm-hmm. This one's for all the fans. Okay. Johnny Dickshot. Oh, Johnny Dickshot. Um, Pirates legend Johnny Dickshot. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with definitely dead. <laughs> um, what do you think, Ben? How do you know he's dead? I think I, w- I, I would have heard more about him if he was alive still. He would have his own radio show, The Dickshot with Johnny. Uh, ben, what do you think? I've consulted the dick shot with johnny and i'm gonna say he is uh chicago oh okay uh what do you think andy johnny dick shot <laughs> i think dead and chicago oh jazz Ooh. um i'm gonna go with dead okay chris what do you think dead uh andy how do you keep getting these he is dead and chicago yeah i okay. was so Genius. delighted that I he's from chicago now 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 tell us a little bit of background behind johnny dick shot uh well he's a pirates uh player from the 30s okay who had one of the greatest uh, names of a baseball player? Yeah, this came up in the Josh Sanborn quiz. Oh wow, we're going all the way back. Yeah, and okay. what else, what else did you want to know? No, that's it. That's good enough. And all final right. question. Final question. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. William J. Murray. I'm gonna say. Uh, no, see, I I always think that Dan Aykroyd is Chicagoan, but he's not. Bill Murray, I'll go with being Chicagoan because you don't even know. Yeah, intern Ben, what do you think? Um, I know he's a he's a famous Chicago Cubs fan. That's why I'm going to say he's neither dead nor Chicagoan. Ooh, he, despite the fact he's a Chicago Cubs fan. What about Josh, Josh Church? I he's not from Chicago, and he's he's not dead. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Andy, what do you think? Uh, Chicagoan. Okay. Jazz. I'll go with Chicagoan. Chris. Chicagoan. He is a Chicagoan. Okay, we got it. Uh, so did you tally up the score? Who tallied up the score? Uh, do, ding, 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 ding. do we have any do, do we have any in, uh, tally interns out there? <laughs> no. 
gosh. We gotta get another one now. I think we got the spirit of it though. Okay. I think Chris, you won. Chris, uh, good good job on that. Oh. Andy, you were a close second. Thanks. Put but that on put that on your C V, Chris. By getting the dead in Chicago. Do I get a t shirt? Yeah. Yeah, you I mean I'm sure you have some t shirts. That's that's what you get. You get to keep your t shirts. What? Yeah. <laughs> You're already in the closet. Yeah, you didn't read the uh, the information on when you signed in, up for in this. In bold, the first. Exactly. <laughs> Big letter. If you had lost all you'd, caps bold. You'd have to mail us all your T-shirts. Now, did we? Uh, did you have a question? Oh yeah. Chris, or are you gonna, you keep keep you you're continue to keep me from my top legal cliches question. Well, do you want to do that first? What, uh, Chris? Do you have a short list of your top legal cliches? Give me an example. Well, so for example, you were you were about to say that, but Simon stopped you. But I want to. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it stand. I want to see where this is going. That's number one legal cliche. That's what judges always say on TV shows. Oh, okay. I oh, see. like I'm gonna see where this is going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, attorney-client privilege. You can't tell us because of attorney-client privilege. You could have invoked that earlier, but you didn't. Um, the third season of The Good Wife was really good, but the fourth season took a dip. Standard legal cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A. Law is one of the worst. People loved it. I don't know. You're in the profession. Why do I know more about being a lawyer than you? Wait, wait. If you're hanging around the courthouse, <laughs> this is what people talk about, so it becomes cliche. I, th- I feel like I feel like you think that cliche means obliquely related to. <laughs> if referred to enough so that everybody just drops it in conversation, it becomes cliche. Chris, do you have any better sense now of what a legal cliche is? <laughs> Than when we started? Uh, no, I'm I'm more confused, but I I have some answers. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, um, perfect. I would say first objecting. It's so cliche to object. Have you ever even objected? W- you even it? when appropriate. Have you done? Just it? let the process work itself out. Enough with objecting already. You're avoiding the question. Have you done it? I, well, yeah. I guess I would object to this line of questioning. <laughs> I have objected in the past. In wait, but in, in only, your only, you have to use it. Sparingly oh. for it to have any effect. Interesting. Did have you ever said that this I mean, whole court is out of out of order? <laughs> See, now not you get in it. a courtroom. Oh, not in a courtroom. Okay. Not in a courtroom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, collateral estoppel. The idea of collateral estop you. Uh, estoppel. No, that, what, those are those <laughs> are not a words. Cliche. What, what is that? What did you say? Collateral estoppel. Estoppel. How do you spell that? Mm-hmm. Estoppel. E s t o p p e l. Oh, that is a, such a made up word. That's a cliche. That's a cliche. I, I hear it used a lot mm-hmm. by people who aren't legal professionals. I've, I've never and are heard trying that word to crack jokes. Anything. So now I'm just devolving to anything Latin. Yeah. Yeah. Most anything Latin. That's pretty cliche. Yeah. Uh, one of those briefcases that are like <laughs> silver aluminum. That's pretty cliche. With a with a ha- handcuff on it. Yeah. With a, oh yeah, that's really cliche. <laughs> yeah. What that? But the, you're going the other direction. I I was for sure you were going to talk Brady Bunch. Yeah. That. that <laughs> me too. I, that's the first thing I thought of when you, when you, you mentioned yeah. briefcase. Have you ever court. tossed it? Have you ever tossed your briefcase in court? In order for the 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 person to turn their what looks like their injured neck around quickly <laughs> when you slam your briefcase, so you can prove that their neck isn't actually injured. I would like. To object to the underlying, you know, predicate to this whole conversation because I'm not going to be in court with somebody who isn't actually injured. Oh, okay, that that that's reasonable. That's reasonable. No training involved. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, I didn't realize how many lawyers there are on Arrested Development because now you reminded me of Maggie Lizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he throws the Bible at her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Okay, Chris. Now I have I have a I have a question for you that that you've never. Um, 
answered because we didn't have the question when you were on. Do you prefer the day Friday or Sunday? Friday. Even though now now you work you work sort of a five day ish a week schedule. You work a lot, but you work a five day a week schedule. So you're at work on Friday. You're not at work on Sunday like today. Why would you prefer Friday mm-hmm. or Sunday? Has anybody you asked this question to all your guests? All I do. Of them. All, all, okay. All, Has anybody ever answered Sunday? Yes. Oh yes. One third okay. of people. It's One-third. called the wow, platinum ratio. Mm-hmm. I would, without even thinking about it, I would answer Friday all the time because Friday is a day that's full of potential. Mm. Sunday is a day where there's nothing. There's nothing left. All, all so, potential is gone. Someone might say that you're not living in the moment. I mean, on Sunday you're off. It, you know, you're just enjoying that moment. You're always you're always looking to that next thing. I'm planning ahead for the week to come. Okay, okay. And and how do you feel about black licorice? Uh, I don't hate it, but I can edit that. Do you? Oh yeah, you can. <laughs> you don't love it though. I don't love it. Okay, well, but I don't hate it, it. and I don't have anything against people who who do like it. Okay, geez, are we running for office or something? Somebody on the on the candy survey was trying to correct us that says you don't have to say black licorice all licorice is black oh because twizzlers aren't technically licorice yeah you know, well that's just a brand is there no such thing was that true is that true where's our fact red checker? licorice well yeah. like, I, that means there's no red licorice yeah yeah i guess they were trying to say that that's not actually licorice <laughs> licorice is the root of yeah. glyceriza glabra Mm-hmm. somehow those were both real words okay that sounds made up collateral estoppel <laughs> mm-hmm um, the licorice plant is a herbaceous perennial legume native to southern Europe and parts of Asia. Okay. Such as India. Is this is this the part of our show Ben reads Wikipedia? <laughs> uh, Chris, can I ask another question? Yes, please. We, we tiptoed close to it, but we didn't get there. Um, your top t- top three legal TV shows or movies? Uh, Civil Action. John Travolta. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, that took wait, that takes place in the Boston area. Boston land. Certain subplots of Arrested Development. Uh-huh. Wow. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Featuring, mostly featuring Maggie Lizer. Okay. <laughs> What's the one? It has uh, George Clooney. Michael Clayton? Michael Clayton, yeah. Batman and Robin. Michael Clayton. Fine film. Is it good? I've never seen it. It is good. Hmm. Chris likes it. Now, so no, wait. Three. Now, Chris, do you like them because of the realistic portrayal of the law? I think that the... I don't know. I don't think maybe maybe a little bit of a realistic portrayal, but really the the realistic component of law that is normally occurring mm-hmm. isn't something that's um, susceptible to film, you know? It's just doing a lot of sitting at a desk doing a lot of research. Too yeah, a lot of reading and writing. Yeah. Well you're all, you're in the library with those law books. There's lots of big books. Yeah, that's stuff that you'd edit out in a movie. You'd have like no full you, you might do a montage scene. Right, like we did with our retelling of the jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I asked that because what's the bottom three? Like, which when we once talked with a uh, friend of the show, past guest, your current wife, Jen Tellerico, we briefly touched on the representation of academics mm-hmm. in movies. Oh yeah, and how there's like zero percent or anywhere near actuality. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you felt that way about about lawyers. Are they always wrong in movies? I thought. I think. Well, going back to it. I, they can never really capture the details because the details are so kind of uh, drawn out, academic and mundane. Is it because do you use a lot of accordion folders? A lot of accordion folders. Yeah. My office is full of them. It's like an umpa really in there. That legal pads. 
Yeah, and do you have those? Heads. Do you have shelves that um, that you turn like that roll away like in the uh, like files at the dentist office? Yeah, like you spin them. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are great. They're on like a track system. Yeah, interns, you ever hang out in the on the basement of Skillman and look for books down there? Never in the basement. You should do it just to spin the stacks. That's where I study, but I don't just hang out. You don't go there to spin the stacks. You can play a trick on your friend. No, but of... once I saw the last time I was there, I saw a kid trying to squeeze through it, and he didn't seem to know that you could separate them. <laughs> but no, no, see, see, wait, is, Andy, did you say it was like that? Like four inches apart. No, at that point, that's when you start spinning them closer to to really scare them right. as they get as they get closer. Is there are there safety mechanisms on those? Yeah, uh, you can't like push them too closely. How do you know that, Jazz? <laughs> <laughs> because she took a she took a rod and held it across until they compacted it in. Okay. Do you know what I'm, I'm going to ask? I'm, this is what I'm going to ask the students to do that are listening. Could you do a shot-for-shot uh, shot remake of that Star Wars scene when they're in the trash compactor, um, and do it using the stacks and Skillman? Is there more than just the one shot? Like, what? How many shots are in that scene? It, uh, okay. Would you do a shot um, remake <laughs> of that scene in Star Wars? I mean, I actually don't remember. Do they pan back to something? Did they they might. In? I don't know. Uh, all I'm saying is that if students listening out there, <laughs> please do that and send us the video. I think that's reasonable. Let me answer your question. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think A Few Good Men is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Huh. Does everyone think that? Yeah. I, I, yep. don't, I don't know. I have never seen it all the way through. I, I do suspect there. nobody knows there is more than one line in that movie. You can't handle the truth. That's the one. That's there's more than that. I do ask people if they called in for the code red or if they ordered the code red a lot. You don't ask them if they can handle the truth. No, I don't ask them. Do you? Do you ever get the to pick juries? No. Do you pick juries? Yeah, we pick juries. Do you go down the line pointing at them like, "Can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth?" <laughs> That's one of the generic questions. That's like, "What's your address on, a, on the sheet they fill out?" Yeah. Name, address, job. Can you handle the truth? Would you say on like, have you modified that on a scale of one to tr- one to five? How much truth can you handle? <laughs> you only take people four, you know, four above. <laughs> on that note, Chris, thank you for re-guesting on our show after low these many episodes. For the listeners out there, they can as if they can. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at some later date. They can follow us on Facebook, and they can email us at buriesbreadsandbutters at gmail.com. And that's right. Uh, that's right. I think that's about it. And they can they can listen to us on iTunes. We're accepting course. gifts yeah. in honor of our hundredth episode. Sure. And if anybody has any uh, legal questions, uh, they can send them to you guys, and I'll be happy to answer them offline. Okay, we'll forward them your way. Yeah. That sounds thank good. Thank you. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you, interns, for being here, Ben, Jazz, and, and uh, Andy. Um, thanks for to Thomas for setting us up. And uh, I think we are. I think we're good. We ready to go? I think we're ready to go. Headphones off. Headphones off. Seen Diner? Nope. Good movie. Baltimore, 1959. Do you know that... That's when it's set. Alice doesn't work here anymore. Doesn't live here anymore. Doesn't live here anymore. It was uh, spun off into a television show called... Alice? Alice. Do you know who... Was Flo on that? Yeah. Do you know who uh, played Mel? No. Vic Tabak. What other things did Vic Tabak do? Let's take a quick look at a little site I like to call IMDb. 
Do you know that Vic Tabak died 27 years ago? Can you believe that? Anyone? Anyone? More than 27 years ago. It's going to be 28 years this May. May 25th, in fact. Ugh. Who would have thought? He would have been 87 years young today had he lived. But he had a heart attack and died. And so the last thing he did, I guess Alice was canceled on 85... He was in MacGyver. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, okay. The Underachievers by the Three Kings. Man, there is Adderley. Oh, Adderley, that was a show. I remember that. The Love Boat he was in. He was in many times on Love Boat. Weekend Warriors, Crazy Like a Fox, Murder, She Wrote, Treasure Island. Not the greatest career ever. Papillon, papillon, papillon. That means butterfly in French, but he was sergeant in papillon in 1973. And then he was in Bullet. He played Pete Ross. I'm, I'm giving you a whole thing on Vic Tabak over here. No one's listening to me. But most of these pictures are from Alice. There's Flo, there's Vera, and there's Alice. Alice. I think Alice took place in Arizona, is what I think. Uh, T-A-Y-B-A-C-K, Vic Tabak. Uh, he was the short order cook. He had hairy arms. Damn. What is that from? Oh, Fantasy Island. Okay. Abe Vigoda. There he is. Abe Vigoda's chin was huge. <laughs> Patrick Dempsey, Waterboy, Alan Burston, Big Tip, Valerie Curtin. What the hell? Uh, he played Flo. Diane Ladd played Flo. Diane Ladd. Linda Lavin, clearly. Beth Howland. I think she passed away too. Is she still alive? Yeah, 2015. That was right. You also hate the sound of your own voice, which is something you have in common because I hate the sound of your voice. 